Hello, this is Pete from Pete's Auto Repair. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches. He's gone deaf in 20 years of answering gardening questions. And she. Uh, here they are Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Have forests, the wetlands will. Good planets are in the main. Right, 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 right. Yep, 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 yep. Nope, 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 nope. Radio, radio. Do you know that one, Brandon? The Muppets, where they do the radio thing? No, I'm a little bit too too old and too young for the Muppets. Too old and too young. I fell right in the middle. So how do we know it? My parents know the Muppets. My little brother knows the Muppets. Actually, I remember range. when the Muppets first came out, I believe, on the Ed Sullivan show. With if Rolf. I'm not, with, uh, yeah, Rolf, yeah, Rolf was, Rolf a, was, Rolf was a Muppet. Was a Muppet. And then Kermit and some others, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then they were off to the races. Um, yeah. I'll, you know, I'm going to have to do is play that bit for you because it's, uh, it's really fun. Um, Peggy's heard it. And and you don't even have to see the video. We could we could play the just the audio. The audio is funny enough as it is. So yeah, but, I think that's had us rolling on the studio floor a couple times. But so it's your turn, Brandon. All right. So uh, we got an Ariana sighting here in the studio as well. Brandon, our our engineer, our crack engineer, which means he's on crack. And um, <laughs> and where's the donuts this morning? Yeah. Usually Mighty House brings in the donuts, so Sunday, no donuts. Well, we got to get Mighty House scheduled at like 6 a.m. on Sundays, don't, don't you think? Or tell that fishing dude to bring some Yeah, get, tell the fishing dude to put him on a hook and cast the line into the studio. <laughs> I don't think he's ever been in the studio. But he can send I, them over I get for a you. feeling maybe he hasn't. He's just sitting in the basement, and you know that there's, there's a bucket of chum Next to them and minnows and and <laughs> and stogies and worms and stogies spent stogies on the floor. I just have this picture of Mike Jackson uh, in this boy. We got to get a photo. I mean, you know, the uh, the National Enquirer would pay big money to get a photo of Mike Jackson in his basement as he's broadcasting. Don't you think? Don't you think that would happen? By the way, we are on Facebook Live for those of you uh, uh, who who want to, and I and I say that because. Um, I need to do something here to to start the show. Uh, I think it's is very important on this particular Sunday, and I've got room back here uh, to to do this. And uh, I want it on camera. I want it captured because mm-hmm. to start the show, and we just played our own anthem. Good planets are hard to find. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a knee. Okay, folks. 
Just uh, taking a knee for the anthem. All right. Symbolic for the guy in the White House. You saw it. It's on tape. Send that to uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Stat. All right. Send it to the bum. And I hope a bunch of, you know, really not really caring what happens in the NFL. I hope a bunch of guys take knees today. I just hope all over the planet people are taking knees. I really do. Okay. Welcome to the show. Uh, we got a ton of stuff today, and some of it, it's, it's one of those shows where certain segments happen because of other segments. And, uh, and Deb Deb loved me taking the knee. Appreciate it, Deb. Thanks, who's watching on Facebook. We don't. I would ding you, but I left the dingers at home. They're in the garage. They're in the garage. We have this. See, here's what's going on after the show. Peggy and I are. That's why you're all dressed up. That's right. We're going to. No, I always dress like this for radio. Doesn't everybody? Okay. Uh, And uh, we're hitting the road going downtown to the Cultural Center, Chicago Cultural Center, for the awards of Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, the ceremony. That's another ding. Yeah, that's like. This is. Ding. Like my arm is going to hurt from reaching over and hitting nothing but. Marble slabs here. Um, no, we don't. Work. We got so anyways. So um, that's it. Uh, we're we're heading straight down right after the show, um, and it has been. We started working this on on this in February. <sighs> here we are in September, and finally, we are ready to give out the awards to about what forty six mm-hmm. gardeners throughout the city of Chicago. All amazing gardeners. Amazing gardeners. And uh, lots of excitement, lots of people there uh, today. We think it's going to be a couple of hundred people at this event. It's crazy. Uh, and I desperately want it to be over. Uh, so, so I, so I can, Wake you up when September ends. So I can move on with my life. But it's going to be a grand event. It's really, we're very excited about it. So you'll be seeing more about that on Facebook and on Twitter and on the show Probably page. Probably be doing something live from And there something later. on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Watch for live uh, video. On the Facebook uh, today on the show, we start with Dr. David. Uh, do- is it Doctor? He's a PhD. Is he really? I've never called him that. David J. Zaber, toxicologist. We got to talking about mosquitoes, whether it was smart to spray them in Texas, and it went into a, down a whole rabbit hole of stuff. And he's on in just a second. Uh, Kay McKean from Scarce next Saturday. We're broadcasting live from Scarce. you got to come out to DuPage County Fair Ding. and the Science Desk with Michelle Hoffman and Mike McCulka, all on the Mike Novak Show, coming up next. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash green expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. What is this anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. All right, let's see if we can find one here. We're, we're all looking for ringtones here. This is kind of weird. What have you got? I can't even hear it. Oh, we can barely hear it. Let me let, let let me bring this down, uh, and then you can try that again. All right. What was that? That sounds like my cat snoring. Okay, that's what it sounds like. When my cat snores, my cat goes. Well, that's just your phone ringing. Okay. That's all right. All right. Got birds in the studio. <laughs> No, these are these are lame. Yeah. These are really sorry, all, Deb. That's 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 the ding you get. You get the owl, the cardinal, the yeah. You don't get a ding today, Deb. Who's watching on? Ah, oh, there we go. You know, we're, I may just point at you. We're gonna uh, point in at the, Brandon. Is that a, a a recorded sound effect? Okay, okay. How come we don't have that here? So, uh, in case you're tuning in late, we forgot the dingers today. The dingers are are sitting in the garage right now in a big box someplace. Uh, but that doesn't matter because we're going to the phone line right now to bring in David J. Zaber, an old friend of the show. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peggy. It's good wonderful morning. to be on the show. Uh, it's wonderful to have you back. It's been, uh, Peggy did a little research, what was it, 2013? 2013. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, holy smoke. So four years have gone by since, uh, and uh, David and I go back to uh, Progresso Radio and when you were living up in the wilds of Madison, that crazy, those crazy leftists in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, among all those people, right? That's right. Uh, uh, 20 square miles surrounded by reality is what they call it. <laughs> is, is, that, is that what they call it? No, no, it's, 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 it's actually the opposite, I believe. That, well, it, we, one would hope. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bleak it's a bleak situation up there in Wisconsin. So, I know, and, and you've watched it. Uh, transform uh, over the years as you were up there, and and you should know, uh, David is uh, holy smoke. You got a you got a lot of uh, uh, credits and credentials. Uh, resource ecologist and award winning educator. Um, you have done uh, a, a ton of stuff that uh, you know. I, I call you a, a toxicologist, but that doesn't be, <laughs> b- begin to uh, explain. Uh, what you've done um 
and uh, you've uh, been in natural resources, environmental policy, regulatory ecology, science education, applied natural resource management. You've worked for you worked for the state of uh, Wisconsin, right? At some point, I did, and um, years ago for the state of Illinois. And um, also feel very comfortable suing the state if I have to. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you you work when you can work with people doing the right thing, and when they turn around and do things like permitting frac sand mines in Class One trout streams in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. then you turn around, and you have to fight them. Wow. Well, you know, and that's a really good point and a great place to start, actually, because I've been on. Uh, boards and I've been on organizations and I was president of the Chicago Recycling Coalition and and the goal of the Recycling Coalition is to advocate for for more enlightened recycling policies uh, and, and you know you could you could say zero waste is on there someplace uh, the the name recycling is in is uh, in the name the title of the group but um, the goal is to be is to work with. Um, or uh, municipalities and governments and that sort of thing. But if you have to, you turn around and you FOIA them. And in ultimately, if you have to, you sue them to get the information you need because as much as organizations like that and, 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 and probably organizations you've been on, as much as you want to cooperate and, and you think we should all work together and we can solve these issues, sometimes you have to be an adversary. Uh, and you've discovered that, haven't you? Well, I have. And, you know, the, the goal is to work together as much as possible. You, and there's a lot of common ground out there. But, um, you know, I'll just point back to, gosh, in the early 2000s when the Bush administration had proposed 55,000 acres of new logging in the uh, National Forest of Wisconsin, that, you know, we were working with the Forest Service trying to point out places we wanted to uh, protect that were important, goshawk habitat. American pine martin habitat, and the response, I mean, we put in comments that were 20 pages long with, you know, five pages of cited sources, and the response was to ignore and actually increase the clear-cutting proposed. And we went back, and we're the first organization up in Wisconsin to actually stop some of these timber sales. And um, those forests are still standing. Uh, For how long, I'm not sure. Uh, because, of course, the attack on the environmental regulations, conservation regulations, wildlife protections, clean water protections, clean air protections, pesticide regulations, it's a tsunami of anti-environmental extremism. Well, we are, so, yeah, we are, we are yeah. right now true. We, you know, we thought things were bad, and they were during the Bush administration. We are in now the dark ages uh, of environmental regu- regulation and, and protection. Um, it's not even the dark ages. It's, it's, it's almost complete anarchy and chaos. Uh, and these are forces of chaos at work. Well, in the second hour of the show, I don't know if, if you went to the blog, but we're going to have Mike McCulka on, um, uh, Michelle Hoffman, who is our regular science desk person. And you should be on, you should be one of our science desk people, David, um, Hmm. Uh, Mike McCulka is the president of the American Federation of Government Employees, Local 704, and he, okay. rep- and he represents 900 EPA employees in Region uh, 5, okay? I can't even imagine what the EPA employees are going through right now, dealing with well, Scott Pruitt, who, who is, uh, you know, the master of darkness. 
Well, and I think people should know in Region 5 here, which includes Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, um, several other states, and the, the headquarters is in, L- in Chicago, is that uh, the administration put Kathy Stepp in as the head of Region 5. Kathy was one of the political hacks that Scott Walker mm. put into the Wisconsin DNR and eviscerated that agency. And if you want to know what Kathy Stepp will do on her destructive um, march to the I would say March to the Sea, it'll be March to the Lake. Yeah. Um, go talk to Wisconsin DNR former former employees. We've seen the intimidation, the lying, the um, obfuscation of numbers, the lack of numbers. The big issue here is they don't want to count anything. And so a lot of it is opinion, oh, it looks good. And so you get into this wishy-washiness where they don't want to have the hard data. And that's what you're going to start to see in Region 5. It's very very concerning you know particularly since you saw just a real quick in flint with the lead poisoning you saw a significant reduction in um pregnancy outcomes and there was fetotoxicity with those levels of lead and we'll see what whether that's taken care of and let's and let's remember that was during the obama administration Mm -hmm. right all right and that was horrible so can you even imagine where we're going now? No, and um, and and Ariana, our <laughs> our staff person here, is looking at me because she just graduated uh, in uh, environmental studies from DePaul, uh, and and is this stuff they were teaching you in 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 class? Um, yes, yes kind of. No. Yes. Kind of. Well, DePaul's got a good program, and uh, they tried to do some good things, and there's good faculty out there. Um, part of the issue is they're trying to um, they're infiltrating, especially higher education, to thwart funding and things like that. Well, uh, I definitely there wasn't a lack of information. Um, I I heard a lot about things like Flint and everything, but um, I don't. I, they gave me a lot of information, but not really a whole lot of how to practical yeah. applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very... how to take that infor- yeah how to take that information and um, put it into making effective change yeah um, that's a that that's tough uh it is and that's uh and I, I don't know whether we're going to have that information here on the show today but we we try to give that if we possibly can uh, but the reason David Zaber is on the program again today is a couple of weeks ago, no, I guess it was just last week. We were t- Yeah, last Sunday. <laughs> you know, everything's happening so fast. Yep. We've had so many hurricanes in the past month. And it and it started with Hurricane Harvey, which slammed into Texas and Louisiana and dumped 13 to 20 trillion gallons of water on those states and other states. And we noticed last week and it was something that came up on the show that the state of Texas was going to begin uh, spraying for mosquitoes. And this is something we've talked about on the Mike Novak Show before, Uh, mosquito spraying and the efficacy of mosquito spraying. And and it's really clear that the, the least effective control of mosquitoes is spraying after they become adults. We know that. And yet here they are in the in the state of Texas. And if you go to MikeNovak.net and you, you can read the blog I put up yesterday uh, about this, the, the state, it, well, one of the articles I put up there notes 
that mosquitoes that are going to be bred uh, out of the waters that fell during this last hurricane are the ones that are not likely to have the diseases that you would normally spray for. So basically, what they're doing is they're spraying to control nuisance Mm -hmm. mosquitoes. That's the part that sort of fries me. I don't even know what to say because it's they're spraying in Texas, and you can explain the chemicals they're using in a second, David. Uh, but they're spraying not because they're worried people are going to get Zika or West Nile virus. They're they're spraying because people don't want to be bothered because they don't because they can't sit out in their well they can't sit out in their patios well, now because they're underwater. But uh, you know that sort yeah, of thing. And they're they're saying it's going to the mosquitoes will be interfering with cleanup crews, et cetera, because they're right. nuisance. Is yeah. their excuse? Yeah. That, that's what they're saying. In fact, they're going to spray about 1.8 million acres in the Houston area with a combination of chemicals, one of which is NALED, which is an organophosphate, which affects, but put it this way, it, organophosphates as a class of insecticides kills everything from nematodes to humans in the, in the same mechanism by inhibiting an, uh, an enzyme in the nerve. Mm-hmm. And you basically amp out and go into convulsions. And you see when you spray a, some of these, you see them go into a, the insects into a convulsion. Um, that's sprayed from the air for those particularly Culex species, uh, species in the genus Culex, which mm-hmm. can transmit West Nile virus. And the key um, there is that you have to hit those insects. Directly, and when you're using these ultra low volume sprays, uh, maybe a combination of permethrin or um, NALED and and BT, um, you have to hit those. And you can knock down West Nile virus mosquito populations, and in a couple of weeks they come back. So one of the issues is the need to repeatedly spray, and more importantly is the fact that for uh, for Zika, for dengue, the yellow fever, the Aedes aegypti, uh, the Aedes species uh, are of mosquito don't aren't out flying around like that. They're in the little buckets and gutters and in the house, and the aerial spraying it does not work for those during those diseases. And you know, and we don't want to minimize the impact of mosquito-borne diseases catastrophic worldwide, malaria, uh, dengue, chikungunya, um, a whole um, equine encephalitis, a whole host of terrible diseases. The problem is this constant spraying of massive amounts of chemicals over millions of acres combined with agricultural spraying of chemicals that are also very, that are very similar create a big problem with resistance. It creates a big problem with killing off the, the beneficial insects, the predatory insects, the things that help keep those mosquitoes in, at bay, and you end up needing your you're back on that pesticide treadmill, and you're not even mm-hmm. catching or hitting the ones that are often causing the, the diseases that we're quite concerned about. And West Nile virus, I mean, 65 species of mosquito carriers are, have been known to, to carry that, and about 35, 40 species of birds, which is an intermediate vector for West Nile. So, you know, you have a whole host of mosquitoes with different life histories, and you're trying this hammer approach 
it often simply doesn't work and is extremely cost costly. Uh, and and, there, and that's just a starting point. There's 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 so much to say. Let's start with West Nile virus, where uh, we're so terrible. You know, I I would say there's been in the on the part of the media in the last fifteen years since the advent of West Nile virus in uh, North America, or certainly in the United States, um, uh, fear mongering in the media about West Nile virus, and when you consider that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I don't know how many people are actually affected by it. The deaths are, are rather low. Uh, yeah, a few people die each year. And, and, and I think we're talking about double digits in the, you know, there was one year when they were in triple digits in the United States. Right. And, and, you, and, and we've gotten past that. And apparently, from what I've read, you, once you've got it, you're immune to it. You, you're, you're vaccinated against West Nile virus. Uh, well, and about 70% of the people that are exposed don't show symptoms. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. They don't even know they have yeah. it. That's how mild it is in most people. So we're spending all this money, all this effort, and affecting our pollinators, um, possibly affecting human beings, because we're worried about uh, disease that affects very few people. Let's, you know, why don't we attack? Why don't we spray for flu? Because twenty thousand people die yeah, of the flu, flu, flu is each much year. Worse. Um, well, you know, there, and and that's well, well, I'm, that I'm, I'm going to have to have you hold that thought for a second because uh, we're we're coming to a break here. That's uh, David J. Zaber, uh, uh, resource ecologist, toxicologist, uh, award-winning educator. Uh, we're talking about spraying. Give us a call, 847-475-1590. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that's easy and creates beauty. Make the switch to native plants, natural communities' native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies, without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature, create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. 
This is Your Talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I feel so good. Well, I feel so good. Oh, I feel so good. I feel like falling down. Yeah. And you don't necessarily feel good after you've been under one of those sprays. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking to David Zaber uh, about the efficacy of mosquito spraying as it's being done uh, en masse in the state of Texas. And you said something on the break that the f- people on Facebook Live heard, but uh, our audience on radio did not. You're, you're in Cook County, are you? I am. Yep, right now I'm down. I've actually taken a little time off to help my uh, 93-year-old dad and 89-year-old mom down here in the same house that I was raised in. Good for you. Uh, but you saw something that surprised the heck out of me. What's that? Well, you know, we've, it's been quite dry around here, as every, you know, all the gardeners know and most people recognize. And um, the mosquito levels have been very low. And last week, um, actually after we spoke on your show, you know, we were talking on your show, I was listening to the show, I was driving, and um, a mosquito, Cook County mosquito abatement truck, driving down um, the, the road, spraying in a ditch, no water anywhere, no reason for this. You could see a significant amount of that going off um, of the site because it was, it was a moderate low wind. And when you have these ultra-low vapors, it, that stuff moves around. And I, I, I can guarantee you there's no impact on mosquito populations or disease incidents or um, aesthetic concerns from this kind of nonsensical haphazard spraying. And and, and, I, and I, I imagine a lot of folks didn't even know it's happening. I'm wondering who they told, uh, you know, who, who well, knows well, about this? It's a very important issue, Mike. Um, you know, we don't have a good national lo- or, or statewide or local pesticide use registry. In other words, we don't know how much is being used out there, where and when it's being used. And that is really important if we want to thwart creating or uh, identifying cause-infect relationships with adverse impacts. Yeah. And but yet we know that they're out there. Yeah. And certainly the, the lab results, uh, the lab testing, doesn't translate effectively to decades of spraying over literally hundreds of millions of acres, both agriculturally in lawns and gardens and for uh, disease control. Uh, I, I want to get back to the numbers uh, before the break. We were talking about that, and, and Brandon was bringing mm-hmm. up some numbers, and, and Peggy, you are too. What did what did you find here? Uh, as of September 19th of this year, 47 states and D.C. have reported West Nile, uh, 875 cases. Of these, five, 61% um, were neuroinvasive and 38% were non you're invasive, but 80% of the people who get it have no symptoms. 80, okay. Uh, and that. the neuroinvasive is the more serious um, <clears throat> result. Yeah, meningitis or encephalitis. Okay, and, and mm-hmm. we need to say, okay, you're, you're right, and you said this during the break, it is a serious, it, it, it's a serious disease if anybody can die from it. Okay, get it. But 80% of the people don't show any symptoms. Uh, and uh, so on on the list of things that we do and that we address and that we panic about, this really is overblown. Um, and 
And it causes so much collateral damage, and that's part of the problem, too, uh, not just to humans. I mean, potentially to humans. And, and of course, the argument is made by the people who, who spray it, the mosquito abatement districts, is that it's used in such small quantity that a human being is not going to be affected by any given spray. Uh, and I find it interesting, though, they say, you know, the people that need to worry about it are the people in the farm fields who uh, are exposed mm-hmm. to this on a regular basis. And it makes me want to tear my hair out. Wait a second. You've got those people affected and you're worried about those. Uh, and yet what are you doing about that? Why is this product still out there? Why are these products still out there? And I know why they're out there, because, as you mentioned earlier, David, malaria, dengue, that kind of thing. But That's right. We have to be able to – we're human beings. We're smart people. We can draw the line. We can make subtle choices. We have that mm-hmm. that that ability, and we don't seem to use that ability. I was going to say, doesn't part of it also have to do with, in the U.S., it has to be proven to be causing harm as opposed right. to the Ag- EU Against approach. the, the, the precautionary yeah. principle, which is why the product that's being sprayed in Texas has been banned in the EU – uh, because right. they, they operate on the precautionary principle, which is the idea that you have to prove to us, uh, wait. That it's not going to cause that harm. That it's not going to cause harm. Uh, it, and we're backward here in the United States. We, we say, okay, prove it's causing a problem and we'll stop it. So as a result, we've thrown lots of products out there, uh, and then we wait for the result and if, if, wait to see if something bad happens. Well, and to prove or to establish a causal link between a chemical and an, an impact, you have to know how much is being used. And mm-hmm. the, the, the MO of the, of the pesticide companies and those who promote it is to um, not have those numbers, to, to deny the public and regulators the ability to, to, to establish these relationships. And so um, without the data, it's very difficult. And then the response is, well, it is too low. These are low levels. Well, there's something called hormesis or the U-shaped toxicity curve, especially for endocrine disruptors. That super low level can have profound impacts as well as higher levels because of the way the hormonal system works and how these chemicals work. So that linear, that line of, you know, from zero to 10 of the dose response that people would normally note is different. And, that's... and so we can't make that uh, that assumption. And, and, you know, even let's even set aside the human impacts, because the people that get most ex- dosed by this are applicators, mm-hmm. mixers, preparers, the farmers. We know that farmers in the Corn Belt have high rates of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma from the phenoxy acid herbicides like dicamba and 2,4-D. Um, so over time, you do get these established, yet those chemicals are still on the market. And... You know, the bottom line is they're extraordinarily lucrative. Mm-hmm. Well, they, and, yeah, make it's a lot of money. follow the money is yeah. what we're talking about here. Monsanto. That's right. Uh, and, and, and a couple of things, one of which is you, you talked about the, the curve about absorption. Uh, I heard a woman speak actually from uh, Madison, Wisconsin at a conference that I was involved in, I want to say, 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> And she was saying that one of the things she's concerned about is that when you have a, a chemical and you and you apply it and the body reacts and rejects it, it's usually because it's kind of stunned by the 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 amount of the chemical. Uh, your liver rejects it because it's there's so much there. She said when you use them at these tiny doses, 
it's almost a sneak attack that the liver begins to uh, accept them uh, in a way that they wouldn't if it were a larger dose. What do you know about that, David? Well, I think um, there's a lot of mechanisms to toxicity, and that may indeed be one. Um, where where I am most, I'm certainly concerned about the low uh, low level exposures as well as high level exposures, but also the combination of exposures. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about um, you know long chemical companies putting on half a dozen chemicals, yeah. fungicides, and you know the neonicotinoids, the herbicides. Most people in these suburbs have been um, fooled into believing that a monocultural green single species lawn is healthy, um, and the, you know, so they're getting the high doses. Um, and even at low levels, remember, once these chemicals, and the, what the proponents will tell you is that they, they break down in the sun and the rain and the wind. And in fact, many of them do quite readily, but not inside your house. Yeah. So that's why you see long-term persistence of something like um, a chemical that in the environment might break down in a week. You can get it for six, eight months in the house. Right. Plus- breaks down to something called dichlorovos or DDVP. Uh, folks might remember the shell, the now banned shell no pest strips that had DDVP in there. Um, that's a nasty organophosphate that's difficult to get rid of. And um, so you see all these processes going on that result in prolonged exposure mm-hmm. to multiple chemicals. And yeah. that, so. So we have to go to the assumption of we want it's just simply good to reduce this exposure. And where we have the ability to reduce is in areas where we're doing it for aesthetic purposes uh, and where we know it doesn't work. So aerial spraying for Zika um, particularly just doesn't work because of the type of mosquito. But here's the problem with that and and, and getting to the solution area here because we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, people will com- complain, and and they'll the municipality will announce that they're doing a spring, and folks, some folks will say, "No, I don't want that." And you have the uh, the ability to opt out um, to sometimes, sometimes. And does that actually get to the company that's spraying it? Do they know? Will that actually happen? In my uh, experience, uh, not really. Uh, it's it's probably going to happen anyway. Uh, the, you you're given lip service, which uh, to to complain as much as you want, uh, but we don't. When we when we had um, the uh, the flooding in northern Illinois earlier this year, and it's and it seems like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure does. Peggy and I called the mosquito abatement district of what Northern Cook County was that it? Yeah, there was North, Northern Cook was one of the ones. They yeah, we tried the to get them on the, on the show, show yeah. and they were not particularly nope. receptive at all. Um, and, and they were kind of, act, they were actually kind of nasty about it uh, uh, on the phone. Now, it might have been one person having a bad day. Uh, that happens too. But the point is, we're just trying to get the information out and we were trying to get them to tell us, how are your decisions made? Because you're a governmental entity that has a lot of power from a law that was passed in 1927 or 9 and 80 years ago, things were different. I want to know right. what kind of power you have now. Well, I think there is, you know, the saddest part is that science is being set aside and ideology mm-hmm. is taking its place. And yep. so you see people whose jobs have been revolving around spraying nasty chemicals. They may, in fact, have health issues. And, in fact, I, I spoke to a, a Cook County abatement person 
uh, at one of the forest preserves down here um, about a month or two ago, a couple months ago. And his, uh, you know, very nice guy, but absolutely wrongheaded on his understanding of these chemicals. I don't even think he knew the uh, of how these chemicals affect him. That's why and, we have scientists like you, and I hate to cut you off, but uh, give me quickly, where, where are you off to now? You're off to Massachusetts. Uh, doing some work in Massachusetts. I was uh, doing, so I've been back to Africa four times since I talked to you last. Wow. Uh, and, some, you know, look, we at least have some regulations. 35% of the countries out there have zero regulations. And you can believe that we are dumping many places, or they're manufacturing themselves, nastiest chemicals on the planet usually. Well, it's so, not we a... work cut out for us. Yes, we do. And you're going to be back, and we're going to talk about this. David J. Zaber, thank you so much. Good luck in Mass. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. The Scarce Green Fair is back, and the Mike Novak Show is part of it. We'll be broadcasting from the DuPage County Fairgrounds on Saturday, September 30th at 10 a.m. This year, the Green Fair features a free recycling extravaganza, eco-lifestyle workshops, goats, chickens, beekeeping demos, STEM activities for kids, a farmer's market, food vendors, and more. Peggy and I love Scarce, so come out and be part of the fun. Go to scarce.org for details, and we'll see you there. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Hey, Ron Cowgill. Yes, Mike Novak. How would you like to drive the safest, quickest, and most capable sports utility vehicle in history? Legally? Of course legally. In fact, you would own it. Legally? Stop saying that. I'm talking about the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X. You mean the one that comes standard, all-wheel drive, seating for up to seven adults, and up to 295 miles of range on a single charge? Yes. The one that can accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds? Yes. How did you know that? I'm reading the script. Oh, well, then you probably know that only 2,500 tickets will be sold. They're 100 bucks each. You can purchase as many as you like, and the drawing is December 7th. Do I have to be present to win? Nope. Do I have to live in Illinois? Nope, just the lower 48 states. Is this the part where we read the disclaimer stuff really, really fast? Nah, this is where we tell people to get details at IllinoisSolar.org. You're good. Yeah. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? I'm ready. Okay. We got we, we got to try to make things positive now. Yeah, but you're not paying attention. I'm <laughs> oh, ready. Oh, there you go. Uh, she's got her glasses on. <laughs> you know, they wrote this song in the '80s, and uh, if they did it now, they'd say that the the guy wearing the glasses he would be fired. He, yeah. the, the teacher would be so fired at this point. That's it's how the world yep. has changed. And fifty thousand wouldn't buy a lot of beer. Uh, fifty thousand. What? The line in the song. Oh, he's got his job. Fifty thousand a year will buy a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. he would he would be moaning about fifty thousand a year. Yep. 
Uh, so that's all the negative stuff. The positive stuff is the woman uh, who joins us now, and that's Kay McKean, who is the founder and genius behind Scarce. How are you doing this morning, Kay? Hey, good morning, you guys. How are you? Hey, listen, I put in the word to the MacArthur Foundation to get you the Genius Grant. Uh, <laughs> did it show up in the mail yet? Did the check no. come? No. Oh my Darn, God. huh? Wouldn't no, that be we're working on it. We're working this on woman, it. oh my goodness, this you deserve it. I'm telling you, I keep, I, I'm going to just keep saying it out loud <laughs> until one of the people from the Genius Committee is listening and they investigate what you're doing out there in uh, DuPage uh, and uh, and get you a Genius Grant so that you can do it even better. Uh, Wouldn't and, that be fun? Thanks, you guys. <laughs> oh, that would be great. And uh, Kay, uh and uh, Peggy and I are going to be together again for the very first time next week out at DuPage County Fairgrounds for the Green Fair. We're broadcasting live the Mike Novak show from 10 to 11. Are you going, Ariana? Ariana's going to be with us that day. Another day. Another ding. And she's going to bring her, uh, bring, give, give us a ding. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was slow, Bren, Brandon. Okay, let's let's get this. He's uh, asleep at the switch. Uh, so, uh, uh, but we, yeah, we're broadcasting live on Saturday, and we're very excited about it because uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on that day. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff. We are very very excited. Uh, you know, and 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 I have to ask you, um, a week out from this, are you as exhausted as Peggy and I are this morning putting together our gardening awards that happened this afternoon at the Cultural Center? We're going to save being exhausted for the day after. Ah. Yeah, I'm. I'm we pl- got lots of details to work on. <laughs> I'm planning about five o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, that's when. Ah, I'm, okay. That's when I'm going to collapse. So, so what all's happening, Kay? Composting and vendors. Yeah, we're doing and education and- about composting and all the food. Any food leftovers will be composted. Um, We've got mini workshops going on with a bee guy and composting. There's so many things going on. It's like a four-ring circus, and you guys are <laughs> going to be a real highlight right at the beginning. Thanks so much for doing that. Oh, it's our pleasure, and and you have a recycling extravaganza. So, you know, this is a, one thing we want to get across about this. It's really practical, mm-hmm. which means it, you're not just going to learn about stuff. You can bring your stuff yeah. and, and all that stuff that's piling up in your garage and you don't know what to do with. Here you go. A lot of it is going to be taken at the the, uh, Green Fair. I need to be cleaning out my house and packing up my car to bring Saturday. What all can (laughs) I recycle there? What can I be bringing? Well, you know, we're real excited. Working Bikes is going to be there for bikes and bicycle helmets and such a worthwhile organization. So we want to make sure if people have bikes they're not using anymore or grown out of or whatever or bicycle helmets, we can get those to people who need them. We're going to be collecting records and we're going to be collecting stereos. All right. I I, got to stop you right there. Um, are you taking 78s or just... Yes, a- we're taking 78s, oh. 45s, 33s, and vinyl LP, yes. Wow. And okay. can I go digging through them? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're helping this great group in New York that is trying to record. Apparently, a lot of the 78s were never digitalized. No. Oh, I'm not surprised, yeah. And digitized. so they're trying digitized, to get yeah. those gathered so they can record and keep that great music, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. So... We're really collecting that for the historical value and to be able to keep that forever. 
That's cool. Yeah, you know, I, I have a collection of 78s, and for the long time I used to play them. And, and one of the things about 78s is that the longer you play them, the scratchier they get because you're just, the grooves, they're just digging, they're, yeah. just, they're just digging holes. Hissing in, in, and popping gets so loud. Oh, my goodness. Right. What about and holiday you know, we're stuff? We're working with the DuPage uh, Animal Care and Control, and they need those top-loading pet containers, pet carriers. Okay. Um, those are the most chained. All right, top, top, what do you mean top-loading? Well, instead of like um, having a door on the side that a do- that a cat or an animal has to kind of be coaxed into, right? It's top loading, so you can just put. Well, the you, ju- animal you just down take them in. apart. Yeah, it's a little less stressful for them. Yeah, I've so got that- one of those. Yeah, you just unhinge it and you take the top mm-hmm. off, and then you put yep. the animal in, and you put the thing, ba- and then you stuff the animal, <laughs> and then the whole- <laughs> and then the cat suddenly has and eight hold legs. hold her down, and yeah. <laughs> What, what about things like blankets and sheets and towels for you know, the, different the animals? Groups have, we're not taking those this time. Different groups do take those, but this mm-hmm. group has uh, okay. they need have such a need for the top carriers okay. that we tried to focus on that for them. And then we're having something very different. We're collecting used or outdated liquid vegetable cooking oil so it can be turned into biofuel. Hmm. Yeah. And we're collecting keys. You know, we have this Keys for Conservation program going in. The idea is little things add up, so keys. Who thinks about keys as being Nobody. Here's another thing that nobody thinks about. You told me this yesterday, and I was stunned. Uh, The little plastic tabs on a loaf of bread that holds the plastic together, you're collecting those? We are, those little plastic square Hmm. tabs. They're a plastic that's recyclable. It wouldn't work in your regular recycling bin because they're too small. But we're working with this young lady from Indiana. Her name is Danielle. And she has worked it out with a plastic recycling company that for all the pounds she turns in of just those little squares, she's going to be able to buy kids wheelchairs. So we are actively wow. collecting those little <laughs> plastic <that>. squares. <laughs> so that's kind of unusual things, but also it'll build awareness that little things can Ding. add up and can make a big difference. There we go. Thank you. Wait, what about things like, <laughs> are you taking the holiday lights and, and Oh, we are absolutely stuff? taking those holiday lights and we're taking books, paperback, hardcover, textbooks we're taking books we have been helping so many teachers get ready for the school year and some not-for-profits who work with kids in after-school programs so we need any and all books as long as they're not wet or moldy we'll take books yeah i got I, let's 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 highlight that let's put a, a star on that one because that's one of the great services you do is collect books in an in an era when people don't have enough respect for books and you get them to the people who want them uh, that's really important. And, and, you know, we know there are all kinds of studies um, that say, you know, kids who have this X number of books in their house will graduate from high school. Kids who have this many books will graduate from college and so forth. So we want as many reading books in the hands of kids who need them. So we mm-hmm. work with teachers and social workers and people who run after-school programs to, to, for them to pick out the books that they know their kids need and take them for their programs. We're over 6 million books now, you guys. Wow. Oh my goodness! And I've, and, you know, I've been kids, out yeah. there and I've gone through the racks, and you can—it's stunning. It's, it, you you can walk through scarce and see the racks of books. And if you're a teacher, you walk and you say, "Hmm, I want that shelf," and you guys will give it to them, won't you? That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, the thing is, is that this year it was so nice. We had a school that we were working with in Chicago last year, and they needed sixth-grade math books, hmm. and one of our fabulous retired teachers who helped us organize the books and um, can answer teachers' questions. His name is Paul. He actually was able to pick out the best math book for their needs, for those sixth graders, 
and the teachers came back this year to say that their math scores zoomed. Wow. That is, so we're pretty happy about that. Yeah. You should be. And, uh, we'll add that to the grant application. And, and other stuff going on. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen. Hey, MacArthur people, send the check right now. Go out. It's there Sunday. Go. go ahead and mail it anyway. Uh, and you've got speakers and... Uh, Mini uh, workshops, yep. And workshops, and, you, and folks can learn about energy-efficient vehicles, renewable energy, solar and wind, green and upcycled products, energy efficiency, water conservation, money-saving products, composting, as we mentioned before, green landscaping. Uh, yep. Uh, we yeah. are really working on those native plants so that we can help our pollinators so you, that we you don't can buy get any water chance back ha- to the groundwater. You don't by any chance have natural communities native plants out there. You should have Nick Fuller coming out. We should have uh, connected you with that. We should have worked mm-hmm. on that. We yeah. do have Art and Linda talking about the native plants. Ah. And we do have a bunch. We do have some good projects. Yep. You guys, we also have stuff for teachers. So let's say that you're a teacher or a parent sponsoring an eco club. Uh, we're out of time. Couch. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll see you next week, next Saturday, 10 to 11 at the Scare Screen Fair. Goodbye, Kay. Bye. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. And then what? I try to stop oh, never mind. All right, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, uh, and uh, we're going live on Facebook in three, two, two one. one. All right. So, uh, and that person you saw waving to you, if you just happened to jump on Facebook Live, and of course nobody was there yet, so nobody saw you wave. <laughs> That's <laughs> Michelle Hoffman. Now she can. Uh, not, no. Give give the uh, royal wave. We want the. Uh, the princess wave? Would that right. be an ocean wave? <laughs> This is the ocean wave. <laughs> and she is here because of one thing. Science. All right. There you are. No uh, microscope. I, the science desk is open for business. So if you have a question about science, uh, give us a call, 847-475-1590. And today's science 
You know, oh, it, yeah. it ties. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. She's very excited. I'm so ready. <laughs> she's, yeah, we're all ready for this. Uh, I already took a knee at the beginning of the first hour, so we don't need – if you want to take a knee, uh, go ahead. You, you know, know I do have something for you because I wonder how many people have looked at what the White House webpage has to say about the America First Energy Plan. Oh, okay. So if I may, I'd like to take everybody on a tour of the White House. If you if you go to the whitehouse.gov page and you look at the issues tab, the very first issue is the America First Energy Plan. And the second paragraph reads, for too long, we've been held back by burdensome regulations on our energy industry. President Trump is committed to eliminating harmful and unnecessary policies, such as the Climate Action Plan and the <sighs> Waters of the U.S. Rule. Lifting these restrictions will greatly help American workers. I have goosebumps. I'm so mad. <laughs> well, I was wondering, because how many people have actually taken a look at what is coming directly from the White House? I don't think many people do it, and I don't go to pages like that because I know my blood pressure will go up. <laughs> I don't well, want yeah, that. And this is what you see my blood when pressure. You, when you open it up, it's his, oh, his face. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Okay, I'm throwing yeah. up now. <laughs> Good New sound effect this morning. <laughs> yeah. Brandon's looking. Brandon's looking for the throw up sound effect. We're all throwing. No, we're just, just throw up in your mouth a little bit. That's all we need to do here. But, but there it is. There it is there it in is. black and white. Well, we're going to get to that in a second because uh, uh, Michelle Hoffman has uh, been reached out, and, and we're grateful to her for this, for to bring Mike McCulka. Uh, on the pro- program, he's the president of the American Federation of Government Employees, Local 704, representing 900 EPA employees in the Chicago Regional Office. That's Region 5. Uh, David Zaber in the first hour was talking. So it's it's kind of an EPA show today, uh, <laughs> related one way or another. Uh, and, 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 a, and a good thing, too, because Peggy and I have been talking forever about how we have to talk about these issues. It's really important because... Before our very eyes, the EPA is being gutted. Our environmental safeguards, the very things that keep us safe, are being stripped away. Why? Because they can. They have no—their only ideology is to chaos in the, in the White House right now. That's the only ideology they have. And, and to show that, nah, nah, nah. You, you do-gooders, we can, we can show you that because uh, our, our, our pockets are lined with money and we can do anything we want. And that's, and that's it. It doesn't even seem to have there's, – there's no uh, science behind it, of course. And there's, there doesn't even just seem to be any rationale. It's just because we can. So uh, but before we get to that, real quick, a couple of minutes before we go to break because something we got in – uh, I got in uh, on my in my inbox uh, is making me crazy. As you know, we've been covering the Obama Library and its move to Jackson Park or the creation of it in Jackson Park. And we've had Juanita Irizarry from Friends of the Parks on the show to talk about it. And they're concerned that it's going to be on parkland instead of they could have gone to a really nasty blighted area and fixed it and saved the parkland. But no, they've got to take the stuff that's already good. I get that to some degree. I don't like it. I mm-hmm. think you're a bully. Uh, Barack Obama for doing that. But, hey, you know, that's me. Um, and now they've been having these meetings where folks, they're, you know, they're, they're telling people, hey, we got transparency. Come out and comment on this. Well, turns out that uh, there is going to be uh, the, the Obama Foundation has scheduled a public meeting with its CEO on Monday. Hooray. We're going to have this meeting on Monday. That's tomorrow. Except that it competes with the Chicago Park District's first open house of the next 
two weeks. There's two in this coming week. So what happened is the Chicago Park District said they were going to have people come in and ask them questions about the, the Jackson Park location and the South Shore Golf Course. And then the Obama people say, hey, guess what? By the way, we're going to have a meeting on the same day. So if you wanted to uh, obfuscate, this would be the perfect way to do it. It doesn't it makes you look bad. Okay, let me tell you this. The perception is everything. Obama people, you look stupid. You look you look manipulative here. You look like you're trying to pull a fast one over the people of Chicago by having your meeting on the same day that this other important public meeting is being held about this project. It makes me crazy. Uh, as you can tell, uh, you know, it, it makes them look uninformed. Like, it, yeah, we didn't even bother to research what's happening. Yeah. You you really look bad. OK. And you're looking worse with every passing day, it seems to me. So I had to bring that up. Uh, if you want to go to one of the meetings, uh, the Friends of the Park suggest you go to hear the Obama person speak on Monday, September 25th, tomorrow. And then you go to the Park District. They got another meeting on Wednesday, the 27th, if you're going to do both. So that's what they suggest, because what options do they have? Okay, Michelle Hoffman is next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that is easy and creates beauty? Make the switch to native plants, natural communities native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for our pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the magic word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. Hey, welcome back. I've calmed down. I'm, I'm, I'm much happier now. I'm in my happy place. Ah. 
Would you like some aromatherapy? Ah, uh, broccoli aromatherapy? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, none of that. Okay. Coffee aromatherapy. All right, welcome back. We got more people on uh, Facebook Live this hour than we did the first hour, I think. Because Michelle's, here. I, Michelle's I think here. I think it's because Michelle's she here. She brings them with her. And I think it's because <laughs> our audience doesn't wake up till like 9.45. <laughs> uh, They're well rested. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and Ariana DiGenova and Brandon Magalski. Magalski. <laughs> You know, Magalski, it's yeah. Magalski. It's like it's it's like uh, it's like Polish fest here in the in, <laughs> in the room. Uh, we outnumber you guys. The rest of you guys here. A little bit. Uh, welcome <laughs> back to the science desk, uh, Michelle. Thank uh, you. Uh, oh, I'm not sure if you got. We need to get our person on the phone there, uh, Mr. Brandon. Um, but that's why we're here today. Um, Michelle is making one of her regular visits to the program. Happy to have you. You don't Thank have your, you. your microscope here with you. I know. I was on the fly from the shed, and I realized I was in the wrong car. My microscope's in my other car. And, oh. you know, Shed Aquarium is one of the sponsors of the uh, Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards that we're presenting this afternoon at the Cultural Center. One of many important things that Shed does for our mm-hmm. community. Um, and, uh, we're, and one of them is, is to keep you busy. Uh, what have you done in the last month since we saw you? A lot of writing. Not as ah. exciting as in the field, but a lot of writing work. So, so you haven't been diving as much. <laughs> Not uh, as much. So, But I do have some exciting stuff coming up. You do? Yeah. Like what? I'm going to be patrolling with the uh, U.S. Coast Guard looking at the whale sanctuary in Hawaii in January. Wow. We're going to be keeping the peeps away from those those whales, I keeping the whales a, safe. That's a remote. <laughs> can we, I think can, we can yeah, do can that. We, can yes. we go? Can we, we go? can do that. I'll bring you. Yeah. I'm surprised you weren't down in... Uh, Florida, where they were rescuing porpoises and manatees and that sort of thing. You must have been watching that with interest. Oh, yeah. And what has happened to the reefs and Florida Bay? You know, the not all of that is, is coming in yet. But, you know, reefs can weather these types of storms potentially, and they can regrow as long as, you know, it, the storms don't keep coming mm-hmm. in rapid succession. You know, that's that's the X factor there. So it doesn't necessarily spell doom for the reefs, but it has had an impact on a lot of the wildlife down there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's bring this uh, closer to home here. Absolutely. One of the people that you're introducing us to is a guy who's on the phone right now, and that's Mike McCulka, who's the president of the American Federation of Government Employees, Local 704. Uh, good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you, Mike? I'm I'm okay. I'm 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 calm. I'm taking deep breaths, and I'm just trying to calm down here. Okay, <laughs> for the moment. I don't know if you heard earlier, but Michelle was reading something from the White House. Which which page was that? This the, is right on their main landing page under their issues tab. Mm-hmm. It's the America First Energy Plan. Yay! Which we have posted if you're watching Facebook yes. Live. Oh, did you? Yes, post it's that? there. Okay. Uh, and uh, Mike, uh, you you're with the EPA the Environmental Protection Agency, Region 5, here in the Chicago area, and it's actually based in Chicago. Uh, and I, I I don't even know where to start with, with you. I, I mean, your life, your world must be kind of turned upside down right now. I bet it's been a, a, a pretty challenging nine months for you. You know, we've, ha- we've certainly had our challenges, and, uh, you know, we're doing our best to try to face those every day. Uh, one of our mottos at the EPA is 
we solved that problem. Okay, what's what's the next problem? <laughs> yeah. So, so so we 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 do that every day. That's what we do best is we solve problems, environmental problems, and these challenges that are facing us are something that we're going to solve as well. Let me ask you uh, uh, sort of an informational question here. How many EPA employees are in unions? Okay, that's a good question. Now, as of uh, right now, we're down to about 14,400 employees at EPA Nationwide in our office. We're just uh, just over 1,000. And uh, our local represents about 900 of those employees in the Chicago Regional Office. And uh, of those 900, uh, just over half are in the union. So... Now, we do serve the six states of Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio, and Wisconsin, and we have members in every one of those states Okay, people that work in every one of those states. All right. So you – actually, union members, you said are around 500, was that? Just under 500 Just is under what 500. we have now. Or over 500 if you count our retired members. We have some retired members as well. All right. Some of the information I got said that you represent 900. Uh, why that discrepancy? Well – we don't have to. You don't have to join the union. Yeah, that's, so you, ki- that's kind of what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we, you, we have to represent the bargaining unit employees, regardless of whether they join the union. Yeah. And because uh, freedom, you know, over half of the um, employees have decided to join the union, which we're happy about, and we think uh, you know what we're doing for them is uh, you know is good. And yeah. We'd like everybody to buy in and be a member of the union. If if they could, you know, uh, okay, time for me, uh, and I'll try not to 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 get too excited. I'm going to breathe here. <laughs> um, over the years, and this has been going on a long time, the uh, the destruction of the unions and the decline of the unions. And I always ask people, there's a, there's there's a basic question you ask people about unions because what you hear is is all that the, the tired tired arguments about how corrupt unions are and that sort of thing. And it always boils down to me, who do you think is going to best represent your interests? Mm-hmm. The guys who are making money off of off of your services and the company and mm-hmm. the shareholders or the union people? Um, and all you have to do is look at the corruption uh, in, in business to know that that answer is really simple. It's like you need some, a, a, a third party there looking out for your interest, somebody mm-hmm. who's going to come in and say, hey, we've got to hold you accountable because otherwise you would just be about making money and then you, you'll cut every corner you can possibly and do. And that's that's kind of the American way. So Keep the wages fair and the hours fair. Right, exactly. Who, who invented the 40-hour work week? Who invented the weekend? Unions, okay? It's, it's kind of simple. And, and yet, unfortunately... I think our younger generations don't understand. They, for one thing, they don't understand history. Uh, and I'm sure, Mike, that you know about history. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing your job, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think if we, if we don't understand history, then we're, you know, we're doomed to make the same mistakes that we made previously and solve the problems that we've already solved if we, if we don't look back and say, what have we accomplished? So, I mean, the, you mentioned a couple of things that unions have accomplished for uh, the American people, and I think the greatest thing is they really built the middle class. Yeah, that's how that's how the middle class was formed in the U.S. It used to be the haves totally had everything, and the have-nots had nothing. 
and then unions were formed, and the middle class rose uh, and, and made America, you know, what it is today, really. And, and it's a shame that we see the declining union membership across the board because, and really, it's, a lot of it is the bad stories that people uh, either make up or there's some shred of fact to those stories, and they embellish those shreds of fact as if that's the main story when it really is not. No, so, it's um, not at all. Uh, and and we have to keep uh, speaking the truth. You have to keep being reasonable with people and explain to them how important it is to be represented because, let's face it, the average worker has no power. Together, workers do have power, and they have a say in what goes on in their businesses. So with that in mind, there's a, there are a couple of things I want to get to. But first of all, uh, we know what's going on in the EPA. And for people not paying attention, of course, there's a new administration in Washington. I don't know if you notice that. Um, and, not to. and, uh, there's this guy who's the head of the APA who used to be attorney general in Oklahoma. Um, he sued them uh, multiple times. He has sued mm-hmm. the EPA multiple times before he became, not, not while he's the head of the EPA, but before he's he became uh, the head of the EPA. Look, I wrote, I wrote some pretty, uh, straightforward things on my blog going into today's show. Um, he's, he, He's an enemy of the environment, the head of the EPA, pretty much. So, but you have to deal with that because he's the guy who's been appointed. He's the guy who's in charge. So my question to you, given that, and you look at all the things that Scott Pruitt has done, uh, including uh, advised to get out of the Paris Agreement. Uh, he's got he's taken agents from the EPA and use them as his personal bodyguards. Um on and on and on, just all this the stuff that he's he's done. And I have to ask you, Mike Mikulska, uh, what does that do for the morale at the EPA? I think that morale has bottomed out. At one point, morale was so low that you know we couldn't see the uh, the bottoms of our shoes. We were down below that level, you know, and mm-hmm. and we're, and we're pulling ourselves up. It seems like to use a bad uh, pun, perhaps. We feel at times like we're hanging on the edge of the toilet bowl, and just as we're ready to crawl out, somebody flushes it again. So uh, it, it, it's bad. Morale is bad. It's been bad. And the administration continues to beat on, uh, on morale to make things worse. And, you know, the budget issues are one thing. When we saw the president's proposed budget in February and March, we thought, oh, my God, this is this is like the death knell of the EPA. Yeah, that's that. That was at yeah. a point where the the news reports were saying that how much it was going to go away, like ninety percent of the EPA budget or something like that. But yeah, that, the Great Lakes Initiative was going to go away. Right. They proposed a thirty-one percent cut, but they oh thirty-one percent cut to the Great Lakes uh, right. Restoration yeah. Initiative and other <laughs> major initiatives that EPA had. Yeah, yeah we don't completely need the Great killing Lakes. climate change and uh, initiatives and, and things of mm-hmm. that nature. And now it's now down to a more reasonable five hundred twenty-eight million or something like six point five percent, right? Right, and we're and I'm using the the word uh, more reasonable in air quotes here because it's not reasonable at all. We should be putting more money. I tell you what, how about we stop making bombs and start trying to clean up the messes we've made in America? But of course, that's not going to happen. You know, we 
continue to face challenges, and I think that one of the challenges we just faced here in Chicago and and throughout the whole agency is the uh, administration has been successful at bleeding the agency of talented staff through the mass buyout campaign. So the week ending September 2nd, 28 of our staff in Chicago left forever, and we lost about 900 years of experience from the Chicago office, staff which now cannot be replaced due Mm. to the continuing hiring freeze. So is 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 that the plan out of Washington to just gut it like like a perch basically? I think it's a combination of, you know, it's an attack on several fronts. Uh one of the fronts is to cut the budget. The second front is to is to have buyouts so that people leave voluntarily with uh you know, a minimal incentive. So but the, but the key is is that both of those efforts are efforts by the administration to undercut our work to protect your health and the environment. That's very, very clear to me. Mm-hmm. If you look at the budget of EPA since 2010, despite the ever-growing environmental issues we face, under the numerous environmental statutes the EPA ta- is tasked with managing by Congress, uh, if these budget cuts go through, EPA will have been cut over 27% since 2010. So, that, so that's clearly unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't do the work, uh, more work every year with less staff and less money. It, that, and less knowledge. That just doesn't yeah. add up. So, you know, last week we look at it and say the full House of Representatives now has voted on the budget bill, uh, which includes EPA for funding for FY18. And that uh, budget bill is going to further limit our ability to protect your health and the environment. Mm-hmm. They're proposing areas and cuts in two major areas, which, you know, under under our speak is environmental programs and management. That's the bread and butter of what EPA staff does. They work on air programs, water programs, land programs, pesticide programs. And then the second major cut is science and technology, where they're proposing to cut that by 15% across the board. So if you look at a 15% cut on science and technology, that's the part of the budget used for research on environmental issues that inform our decision-making to solve problems. We can't have sound science without funding. And I would note that an amendment to restore $100 million in funding to the budget for science at EPA failed in a, in a voice vote in the House. So, you know, we, we, we're, being, we're being attacked on a number of levels. And the administration tries to claim uh, that if the EPA budget is cut, the states can then pick up the slack. But we know that's not true. State funding is in steady decline. Illinois EPA funding is is at the lowest level probably of history. And uh, the EPA funding of the states to do the work has not been increased. And that erodes your buying powder every year because you, if you don't get an increase, you can't keep up with inflation. So you've got the false claim of the administration that the states can do the work. We know they can't do it. And if the states don't have the money, they don't have the resources to do the work. If you also cut the EPA budget, then there's no backstop stop to protect the American public's human health and the environment. It's, it's, this is just a insidious way of attacking our environmental protections, which have 
you know, that we've gained over the past 40 or 50 years. You know, and that's one of the, you, you bring that up. We mm-hmm. need to break here in a second. Um, what's happening is we're undoing all of the progress that mm-hmm. basically have been made in the last 30, 40 years in terms of the EPA, in terms of our environment, but we're also socially our, our, our civil rights uh, for the last 50, 60, 100 years are being eroded by the same administration. So it's an all-on assault on the American way. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll continue this conversation. We'll be right back. Want to have a healthier, more eco-friendly Green Diva kitchen? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. The main characteristics of a Green Diva kitchen are that it produces delicious food, is healthy, eco-friendly, and low stress. Let's start by using more dish towels and cloth napkins because paper products make up one-third of municipal waste. Buying bulk dry goods saves money and reduces waste. Please recycle more. An estimated 80% of what Americans throw away is recyclable, yet our recycling rate is only 28%. And of course, always try to buy local and organic food whenever possible. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. The Scarce Green Fair is back, and the Mike Novak Show is part of it. We'll be broadcasting from the DuPage County Fairgrounds on Saturday, September 30th at 10 a.m., This year, the Green Fair features a free recycling extravaganza, eco-lifestyle workshops, goats and chickens, beekeeping demos, STEM activities for kids, a farmer's market, food vendors, and more. Mike and I love Scarce, so come out be part of the fun. Go to scarce.org for details, and we'll see you there. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We have Michelle Hoffman in studio at the science desk. I would ding her if I had... Uh, a ding. Okay, thank you. Um, there we go. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. And on the phone, Mike McCulka, uh, who represents more than 900 EPA employees in the Region Five office, and we're you know it's 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 a sad conversation, but a necessary conversation. We need to know what's happening, and I want to get to Region Five because you've mm-hmm. been talking about how many people you're losing there, and you're losing the science, and you're and losing the ability to protect Americans from themselves, basically, which is kind of a sad thing as well. Um, We need to get some positive in here, Mike, uh, about what folks can do. First of all, directly in Region 5, the Great Lakes Initiative, what do you see happening with that? Because I know there's been 
there's been blowback against the administration from governors all around the Great Lakes, including Republicans. Uh, so is do you think that's going to have some effort or so, ha, produce some good? As of right now, in the current House uh, budget, that funding has been completely restored. So the full $300 million has been put back into the budget for the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, which really has been tremendous in terms of making uh, environmental impacts on the Great Lakes and cleaning up the Great Lakes. Uh, as you may know, there's 43 areas of concern. The uh, mm-hmm. Great Lakes uh, uh, on the Great Lakes, and that's both in the U.S. and Canada. We have a joint agreement with Canada mm-hmm. to clean up the Great Lakes because water in Canada comes here, water in the U.S. goes to Canada, and we're trying to jointly work with them to clean up those areas. So one of those areas is uh, is Waukegan Harbor, right mm-hmm. up the, yes. the road from from your. Uh, offices over there and and i'm happy to say that we are on the final stages of getting that cleaned up because uh you know the major part of the cleanup was completed in 2014 but the last thing under the great lakes restoration initiative has been a grant awarded to the illinois dnr by the epa under the great lakes restoration initiative to assess the health of waukegan harbor and study jointly with the u of i to assess whether or not we're we're achieving the goals, mm-hmm. so they're going to look both at, Nor- at Waukegan Harbor and North Point Marina as a cleaner area, and uh, and then evaluate that. And but there's been so much work done on mm-hmm. Waukegan Harbor; over 150 million has right. been spent on cleaning up the harbor, removing and and capping the contamination there uh, under Superfund. The city's done a lot of work on eliminating combined sewer overflows. They've improved some beaches over there, and they've created some dune and ha- uh, swale habitat. So this has been great, and that's been partially possible because of the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative. Uh-huh. And the same thing is going on all over the place in the Great Lakes. I was personally working on a project up in Marinette, Wisconsin, that the major contamination was cleaned up under the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. And uh, there's still work on going up there at a Superfund site in Marinette. But we're, you know, we're also looking towards uh, saying that we've cleaned up the Menominee River up there as well. So these are major successes for EPA and the Great Lakes because we're protecting our critical water supply. If, uh, if Lake Michigan gets contaminated, it takes 99-plus years for a drop of water that goes into Lake Michigan to leave Lake Michigan because it has such a long retention time. Mm. So if you pollute Lake Michigan, it is irreparably harmed. Well, we're, we've been on this show, we've been looking at Enbridge 5 pipeline under the Straits of Mackinac, um, and, we're, you know, we're kind of concerned about that. I don't, I suspect, well, let me ask you, is the EPA involved in that at all? EPA is certainly involved in that because, uh, you know, we were involved in a couple of Enbridge spills uh, years ago. One, of course, in in, uh, in Michigan, in the Kalamazoo area, uh, Marshall, Michigan, there was the uh, blowout of right. mm-hmm. uh, one of the lines there, and then uh, which received less press. But there was also a blowout of the same line in Romeoville that... that uh, My old stomping you know, grounds. Mm-hmm that we had to respond to as well. So that those were both happened happened contemporaneously 
you know, and, and Enbridge ended up having to pay over a billion dollars to clean that up and, uh, and also, you know, paid fines associated with that. But, uh, you know, if we had a, a spill or a blowout in the Straits of Mackinac there, that would be devastating. You would, that would be, I'm not even sure how you would clean that up. I know. So, we, well, that's why we're, we keep saying you can't let that happen because we're talking about, the as you just mentioned, a drop of water, 99 years. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, uh, and we're talking about 20% of the fresh water on the planet, uh, practically. And uh, you contaminate that, and we're in a world of hurt. And yet, and, and I keep saying this on the show, too, and this is the thing I do not get. We're the only species that has the ability to look into the future, and we refuse to use that power. We just refuse to use the power because of the short-term money, usually, uh, that's involved in decision-making. Uh, what about the lead in uh, Flint and lead pipes? Uh, it's even it's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. WBEZ did something earlier this year. Monica Ang, who was on this she show, did some things this week. Yeah, it was Past week. did they mm-hmm. uh, about pipes in Chicago? They keep water fountains running twenty four seven in some parks because there's too much lead in the pipes. So if we can't fix Flint, how are we going to fix Chicago? So uh, it's, a, it's a critical problem. Uh, AFGE has been banging on the drum on uh, on drinking water infrastructure for years. Uh, we go to uh, D.C. and, and uh, try to get some influence on what happens with uh, the budget every year, and we've been beating the drum on drinking water infrastructure for years. And uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers has uh, rated our drinking water infrastructure uh, as as a D nationwide, essentially. So, you know, in, in Illinois, we've got some real problems. And the administration proposal for funding infrastructure is clearly inadequate. They're keeping drinking water at the same level as they had the last year, which is $863 million for 2018 in the House bill. That, that amount won't even fund Illinois needs over, tw- over uh, the next year, never mind the whole country. There's $384 billion in identified needs. This is identified by EPA nationwide over the next 20 years with $19 billion in Illinois alone. So if you just look at $863 million in 20 years, you won't even, get, you won't even fund the needs in Illinois, one state out of, out of 50. That doesn't make sense. In Chicago, we have thousands of lead service lines potentially contaminating your drinking water at the tap. Mm-hmm even though we have the best drinking water in the world leaving the Jardine water treatment plant at Navy Pier. Those lines need to be replaced to ensure the public health is protected. Just this week, we saw that the city of Highland Park closed some of its water fountain in public Mm -hmm. buildings due to lead contamination. Lead in drinking water is a very serious issue in Illinois and the rest of the country. Mm All right. Uh, we're, we only have a few more minutes here. One of the things that Peggy brought up during the break, uh, those of you on Facebook uh, heard this, was the closing of the regional lab in Houston that the EPA is going to do. And you brought up uh, that th- there are offices closing here in the Midwest. What's going on? Well, of course, we had the um, the scare in uh February or March that the EPA Region 5 office was going to close because as part of the budget process, EPA, uh, on its initial budget, was told by OMB to close two regional offices. And then we got word through the mayor's office that one of the offices 
scheduled to close was our office, and we put a a uh, all hands on deck campaign on with uh, the congressional delegation here to try to get that averted, and I think we did. But uh, you know, they're they're also looking at closing laboratories, and one of the laboratories that they're or one of the offices that that they're planning on closing, and we just got word on this is uh, by February first, twenty eighteen, they're going to close our Grossfield, Michigan office. That mostly houses people from our Superfund division, on-scene coordinators to go out and do emergencies in the Detroit area. Mike, they're, this is, they're saying they're going to close that office and merge it with our Ann Arbor office, uh, which is the office that uh, you know was instrumental, is instrumental in doing the uh, emissions testing for for automobiles nationwide. And Mike, this is so important because we've got listeners asking the same question, which is how can the public support you? Uh, what are the most direct routes? What are the most important action items? I mean, people really want to get involved because this is just not tolerable. Okay, I think that there's, you know, there's several key ways. We're asking the public to contact your members of Congress and senators and tell them you propo- you oppose the cuts to the EPA and you want full funding and staffing for the EPA including keeping a strong office in Chicago to efficiently serve Illinois and the whole Great Lakes region uh, and elsewhere when needed. We're supporting efforts in the other regions on Hurricanes Harvey, uh, Irma, and now Maria. We're, we're, we're sending staff for all of those uh, responses. So contact your members of Congress. Tell them that the American public and your health simply cannot afford a cut of even another dollar from the EPA budget. In fact, the budget needs to be increased. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Why, why not go on the offensive and say, no, we need more money, okay? Right. We've lost buying power as a result of inflation over the past eight years. If you look at where we ought to be, we ought to be over $10 billion and we're talking about a paltry $7.5 billion. So I, I, I really, you know, the public needs to come out strong. And we're next month we're going to have the 45th anniversary of the Clean Water Act. And one of the goals of the Clean Water Act is to make all waters fishable and swimmable. Mm-hmm. That job is not done yet. We need more resources every year to ensure we continue to make progress. Yet the administration is trying to undermine those efforts by withdrawing the waters of the United States rule. So, I mean, that, that makes, again, that makes no sense to me. Well, and you mentioned anniversaries. You know, it's, it, EPA was funded in 1970 under Republicans. And so I wonder how on earth this ever became a partisan issue. Uh, it's because the world has changed. It's it's there is there is a uh, a continuum here that you have to follow, and, and it's a shame that we're at this point. But we are at this point, and now it is a a, a partisan issue. Unfortunately, we're out of time, Mike. Um, will you come back on the show and talk to us again in the future? I w- I would be happy to, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on thank the show. You. Thank you, Peggy, and thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having you, me on the show. I really appreciate it, and I would like to shout out to our local 704 members who happen to be listening. Woohoo! Yay! Local 704 uh, EPA Region 5. Thank you so much, Mike Mikulska. And for all the work you do. Yes, for all the work you do. Uh, Stick around, Michelle. We'll be back with her and Peggy right after this. It's the Mike Novak Show. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th. And this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two, yes, two, fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, 
and Area College and University Solar and Super Mileage Team Race Cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy-saving innovations with you. Of course, more than 70 exhibitors and vendors of all kinds will be there, including invited artists displaying and selling their sustainable creations. And did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And that Mike and I will be there? McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash greenexpo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765, 815-479-7765. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities, so make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. One of my favorite songs. I get up. You've got to call your senators and your congressmen. Yep. Why should I get up? I'll tell you why, so you can call your representatives. I've got Durbin on speed dial. <laughs> Yeah, this whole world's gone crazy. Um, it has. <laughs> a little it bit. It has. You know, when, when uh, Mike, Mike was just telling us uh, before we let him go, uh, those of you on Facebook Live heard of the end of our conversation, which is, an, uh, you know, it's a, it's a reason to drop on to Facebook Live because you get the little tidbits in, during the commercial break mm-hmm. as well. And that's well. at The Mike Novak Show. Right. And uh, on Facebook, The Mike Novak Show. Uh, he's been part of the EPA there for 40 years. And he said he's never watched anything this desperate. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, and as I said to him, the very survival of the EPA is at stake right now. Uh, And uh, for those people who think, you know, and and we've heard this, and this this is the ultimate uh, extension of the arguments that's gone on in, in uh, on, the, on the right wing about how, oh, yeah, we're, the whole country is run by the EPA. Um, oh, dear God, that's just the silliest thing I've ever heard in my whole mm-hmm. life. We are, we, are, we are controlled and operated and, and bullied by big corporations and their pollution. That is the truth. And the EPA is this little finger in the dam that's holding all of this back. Um, and we want to pull the finger out and watch the flood of toxic waste rush over the whole country. And that's what's going to happen. And, and as Mike kept saying, it's interesting. He kept going back to the health mm-hmm. of Americans. And yeah, it's about right. our, it's it's about health. It's about having a human body doesn't go three days clean without clean and, water. And yeah. 
doesn't matter what party yeah. you are. Yeah, you yeah need but the clean but water. then you can mm. you can go to the hospital and have the mm. drug companies take care. It, of and the other thing that he talked about, which was so amazing, it's the same argument. The same arguments get used over and over again. And it happens to be, let the states decide. Oh, no. With Lord, what budget? Lordy, I do not want the states. Uh, Robin on, on Facebook said, Illinois is broke. And yeah. she's right. So budget? you think that the, Illinois is going to put more money? I mean, I look at DNR, the Department of Natural Resources in Illinois and other states. Mm-hmm. They are, they're not on our team. Uh, from and, and I've said this before, it, and it's frustrating to me because... If you look at the IDNR, uh, Illinois Department of Natural Resources, they are uh, schizoid because they're 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 mandated to protect our environment and to exploit it at the same time. So how, and and they always land on the side of the exploitation. It's always very little protection. Lots of I mean, look at the fracking, and we're going to be talking about that very soon. Carrie Leiterson, who writes for Midwest Energy News. Um, wonderful reporter is going to be on the show in the next few weeks to talk about the fracking in Illinois and, and how that's going to start and whether it's going to start because people are beginning to realize, wait a second, we thought it wasn't going to happen here. Well, there was a bargain struck mm-hmm. among the environmental groups and the state and the industry several years ago, a couple of years ago, and so there were, there were, you know, this was, there was, there was a war going on between environmental groups, name calling. I got some, saw some really nasty stuff out there uh, among, and some of the big players in Illinois were called terrible names by certain groups because they felt like they had caved in and sold out to the fracking industry uh, by uh, having any kind of a bargain by any compromise at all. And now what's happening is the first contract has come in and people are going, what? How did that happen in Illinois? Well, guess what, folks? People sat at a table three, four years ago and made a deal. There was a deal made in Illinois about fracking and the and what came out of it. You saw the headlines, toughest fracking rules in the nation, which is silly because fracking is fracking. You know, they're not there's still no transparency. They still don't have to tell you what they're pumping into the ground. There's all that. There's still probably going to be little recourse of people living nearby. A lot of that. I mean, anybody thinks I'm wrong. Come on and call me and Mm -hmm. or send me an email and we'll put you on the show. Uh, The point is, it looks like fracking is going to happen in Illinois, too, because there was a deal struck. Yep. Among the environmentalists and our legislators, and the industry. Now, it's possible that at this point the people rise up and say, no, we don't want that to happen. Right. Like they're rising up all over the country about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But we'll see because there, yeah. there was a law passed. And, and which is going to happen faster, the rising up's effect uh-huh. or the company coming in and starting well, the fracking? I, my prediction, there will be fracking. Mm-hmm. The fracking will start and... There may be one. There may be more. You know, it might be that the one company gets so much blowback that nobody else wants to bother. But it, there's just too much money yep. involved. Yep. yep. Follow the money. We keep saying follow the money. Same with factory farms. Follow the money. So when uh, Mike Mikulski talks about how don't worry, we'll leave it to the states to no. enforce environmental laws. That's like saying don't worry, we'll leave it to the states to provide you with health care, which is the argument being done 
being said in Washington, D.C. right now. Does anybody believe that? Nobody believes that. We know that that money is going to disappear into sinkholes, never to be seen again, Mm -hmm. and people are going to go without insurance. I, I can't believe that there are 48 people in the country, meaning 48 senators right now, who would vote tomorrow to take away health care from 20 or 30 million Americans. And, 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 and even if I can believe that, I can't believe there are 20 or 30 million Americans that let them get away with it. I can't believe that our press is going to let them get away with that. You know, I looked at uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I watched Jimmy Kimmel three nights in a row. I never watch late night shows. <laughs> I watched Jimmy Kimmel uh, three times this week to see what he had to say. And it's Jimmy Kimmel versus the forces of darkness. When did that happen? And, and all I could think of is, oh, I know it's going to happen this weekend. These, these people are going to get on the talk shows and our press, our media, our pundits are going to erode the argument of Jimmy Kimmel by, by appearing uh-huh. to be reasonable with these people. So what you're going to see by the end of the day today and in the news overnight is, oh, it's really not so bad, this, this health care law that they're proposing. Jimmy Kimmel doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just an entertainer. And I'm telling you, the people who are supposed to be looking out for us, who are protecting our rights and our freedom of speech, are going to erode the argument that has been made by that one man mm-hmm. standing on a, 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 a stage in front of an audience making jokes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anybody else want to rant? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on a roll, though. <laughs> well, Lawrence O'Donnell was actually uh, speaking with a couple of other people about Jimmy Kimmel and how he has become probably the best voice for the health care because he's the... The everyman comedian. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got the little kid. He, he's not afraid to put it out there. And, uh, and he's the unexpected hero. Yeah, exactly. You need unexpected heroes. And he's sticking to his guns, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. And I'm looking at Facebook Live, and we had a bunch of people watching. Bob writes, great analogy by Mike Finger in a dam. That sure is what this current situation regarding the EPA and our environment feels like. It does. It feels like people like Mike Mikulski are there trying to protect us and they're losing the battle because all of their their allies are being taken away from them and here we'll buy you off go retire we don't need you so we posted in the facebook live video uh house.gov and senate.gov go find your yes Yes. find your representatives and and do it constantly don't give up make your voice heard that's what you have to do thank you michelle hoffman at the science desk we want to thank david zaber also, who was on the show, and Kay McKean from Scarce, Ariana, thank you. Brandon, thank you so much. We're off to the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards until next Saturday at Scarce. Go green or go, go home. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.